When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you believe in miracles? Got Fizzle in the house. Fizzle, what's good, man? Fizzle, glad to have you here. Let's go. This the South Harmon Podcast. Glad you here today. Hit that Patreon link if you here to stay. Dynasty best ball, that's my favorite way. 40 chess trade show. Let's make a trade today or check the AMA. You know Adam at the ATM. Mike always in the building. He gonna stay with him. They gon' start every show off with their own trade Fantasy's a big ocean, they made their own wave Make sure you tapping in Tuesdays and Saturdays Tuesday night, Saturday morning, ain't no better way Hit that notification bell when the news break Go subscribe right now, don't get the news late Destination Devi, that's the team and Dynasty football, man, that's my favorite thing I remember Biggie said it was all a dream Now people watching on their phone and computer screens. Welcome to the team. Let's start the show. Start the show. Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Apologies for last week. I think, Adam, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first ever 40 chess episode that we have ever missed here at Destination Devi. And, uh, yeah, your boy got a little dehydrated at work. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of a medical medical uh, situation. I'm too fat, and it was way too hot where I was working, and I did not properly hydrate. Something that I have not done since uh, college two-a-days in football. And may have lost my lunch a few times and (laughs) turned a a shade of plum that definitely does not look good on me so we are back Uh, I am doing completely fine I just needed a a day to uh, get an IV and and get some rest and uh, try not to 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 destroy myself at work they don't pay me enough obviously for that so Adam buddy several we missed last week but how you doing I'm doing well, man. I'm glad to hear you're back. Um, I know I know you're doing well, and it was just you know a little blip in the system. Um, I will say, man, I was actually because the thing was uh, Dynasty Degenerates to give you a little inside context, like timing wise, you know. Worse, I'm worse I'm at, I'm I'm again. eating dinner, you know, like trying to make sure my daughter, you know, eats whatever her pouch and this and that, and uh, you know, I didn't even look at my phone for 20 minutes, and I look down, and I'm getting ready, probably an hour to record 4D with Mike, and um, I'm like reading this text and he's like oh not only we're not doing 4d but like he's in the er and he's like but i'm good and checked on him once i made sure he's cool and everything's fine i'm like well shit we haven't missed a 4d i want to get the people 4d but i i hadn't prepped anything really for doing a solo show and i'm like you know what i don't really want to miss like i i really like the fact that we hadn't missed but at the same time i'm not going to just half-ass and just talk into the microphone on some shit that i hadn't planned out by myself to give you guys some context, but I will say this, Dynasty Degenerates, I'm so happy to be back, as is Mike, and I'm glad he's doing well, and uh, two weeks ago, we brought to you the QB Horde, and I will say, I have gotten so many questions, comments, thoughts, so I'm glad to hear that uh, it was polarizing and something a lot of people liked, and um, 
it's it's something that I don't think is comfortable. It's not some place that a lot of people operate comfortably. But I will say what's really cool is watching since that episode how certain startups are either filled with people that must have heard that and seeing these quarterbacks really go high, which at that point you're not – I hope – I pray you're not hoarding because that would be the opposite of what we were talking about there. But what's still great is watching a league called Dynasty Degenerate and one of our patrons quarterback hoarding the first five rounds in which he already <laughs> had the 101 of Patrick Mahomes – and seeing him get Patrick Mahomes, Bryce Young, Tua Tungabailoa, Kyler Murray, and Danny Dimes. And when you think about that and what we talked about on the back, it's not just talk. That is real person in real money league that just made a quarterback horde in the first five rounds. Because we talked a lot about you know the 2021 or 2022 examples, Mike, because that's what we had that give you more context and how it can play out. And I think some people were saying, well – yeah, but now the quarterbacks go too high. Maybe, maybe in your your drafts they do, and then you don't. But even right now, man, just uh, this is literally as we're talking about this podcast. Uh, someone's out here getting Patrick Mahomes and quarterback hoarding five of the top fifteen dynasty quarterbacks. It can be incredible. Done. It can be done, man. Yeah. So that leads us into what we're going to talk about. I don't know if this will be a, a two part series or not, or a three part series, but. Uh, we're, we're in the dynasty dead period, right? We are in full blown, just conjecture season, uh, nothing going on, but OTAs and these mini camps. And we're seeing one handed catches and hot takes left and right. But what do you do as a dynasty manager? We, we talked a little bit about, you know, roster construction and, and trades and that kind of thing. But Adam, to be completely honest, what I fill my time with a lot, startups. I do a ton of startups. So we've done auction stuff in the past, but I kind of wanted a definitive and I wanted to see where we're at, both of us, in our traditional snake draft startup. And let's just put some uh, some 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 feelers out there about where we're at. I'm doing a one this weekend. I think I'm doing another one next weekend. Uh, this this one I'm doing right now is with some uh, with some patrons. You are not in it. Uh, which is fine. Uh, also a little bit by design. I, I didn't hide it from you. I just uh, didn't DM you directly. Just, he just didn't, you know, he just didn't, he just didn't invite me. That's all. It's not hidden. It was just, you know. Which is completely fine. I I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, by the way. I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine not being in Listen. it. I'm actually, I'm getting ready. My, my next startup is not going to be a startup. It's uh, going to be an auction again. Um, it's the big uh, heroes versus villains um, yeah, league yeah, that they're doing yeah. Destination Devi. So, um, I'm kind of that, that one. So there's 36 teams. There's a lot of different wrinkles in that one. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of planning on that. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm not actually in this, uh, other startup too at the Listen, same time. I, uh, I do multiple trade shows a week with you. I do a podcast with you. I run a company with you and we're in 20 some startups or 20 some dynasty leagues together. A couple of them we co-manage together, uh, Every now and then we just need a little space, right? Actually, I'm just tired of competing against you. It's so much easier to take other people's money when it's, I don't have to play against you. Like it feels the, good. My, my it feels freeing, you know? It feels freeing it to does. just not have it me does. in there. I get it. So if you'd like to also start up some Patriot Leagues without me involved, uh, by all means, right? <laughs> take them to the woodshed. I'll do the it's same thing. I, I just won't DM you. I, I won't hide it from you. But anyway, let, let, let's get into the startup discussion. Startup strategy. Because right. I, I, think, I think this is going to be a good one. Because right now, that's the truth, Mike. It is the dead period in some of your leagues, but a lot of times the best way to fill it when you've, you've – really, you should always be exhausting all avenues, even in the leagues that are dead, right? What's the waiver wire have? Make sure you're checking the waiver wire consistently. Make sure you're checking, you know, little things you can edge up to your roster construction, right. all that stuff. But if you're doing all that and you're not getting deals done, what's the best way to fill time, Mike? I think that's the truth is this is when you should be getting into full-fledged startup season whether that's auction startup, but here we're going to talk startups today. So we'll talk snake draft startup. Um, let's also, everything that we do, I'm going to kind of try to touch on the lens of the difference in lineup versus best ball and what I would do differently. Adam, so let's kick it off, man. You, you just joined a startup. Everybody's paid up. Um, first thing, is it, a, is it a derby or is it just randomized order? Like we've been in those leagues. We've been in multiple yep. different kinds. Sometimes we don't have the time or we don't want to go through the effort of derby you know because sometimes people don't ever respond <laughs> for hours on their derby selection ever which just 
irks me to death. Uh, if it is a derby selection, Adam, let's say it is a, a lineup league, 12 team, super flex, just g- generic vanilla scoring. Uh, do you have a preference, right? If you're one of the early derby selection, let's say you're one, two, three, where are you picking? What are you doing? Um, is this lineup or best ball for the record? We'll talk both. We'll talk okay. both. Talk lineup first and then tell me if it would change. Uh, let's say you got a top three derby selection, man. Is this a change for you in lineup and best ball? Because I'll be completely honest, it probably doesn't change for me a- at all. A- anymore, it doesn't. Um, top three especially. So I would say in lineup, first and foremost, I'm going one, two, three, uh, even with third-round reversal. Like, right. I want to get Mahomes. I want to get Hurts. I want to get Allen, uh, period. Now, could, could you put four in there too? Like, does Burrow fall into that category for you as well? Because I think for in lineup, me, in lineup, I'm, I'm probably just going to keep tacking on all the way, definitely through six or seven. Um, right. Okay. Well, that's a good point too. I would say in a, in a in lineup best ball, I'll have a more conversation going back after probably Burrow. I, I would say in a lineup league, I'm probably one through eight. Like, I want to pick in the yeah. top eight. I want one of those locked in quarterbacks for sure. No I think I think depending ball, on how you feel about fields um, is where that right, the conversation could have a different meaning. And and maybe you still even want the 108, but you're like, listen, I'm happily taking Justin Jefferson um, at that spot too. And that's – in lineup, I don't even hate that, honestly. Um, in best ball, <clears throat> I think that definitely the top four I'm taking even still first. After that, it could depend on like how many we're starting and what the scoring settings are in that, but – I would say last year I was basically like, listen, you give me in a third on reversal in best ball, the back end, like I don't even care. That's changed. That's changed quite a bit. I want to make sure I can secure the elite quarterbacks if I can. Uh, first and foremost, at at the cost of a third round reversal, my goodness, yes. Give me those high-end quarterbacks, even in a best ball start 14, 15. I don't even care. I'd rather that than the third round reversal. I, I will say this too on the third round reversal, whether it's lineup or best ball. Uh, Adam, I refuse to play in any or do any startup set on a third round reversal. I think, me personally, it is just so damn unfair in a super flex league anymore to not have third round reversal. Uh, having the 101, having Patrick Mahomes in a non third round reversal, getting the 212, and then the 301 is ridiculously slanted towards the, uh, the 101. Now, is it impossible for you to build a super team from any other spot? No, it's not impossible, but it's definitely a ton harder. It's kind of like if you kind of remember when we first started doing dynasty startups uh, years ago, it was very popular. Uh, if you did one in the off season, let's say you did it before this 2023 NFL draft, you would go uh, a lot of them kind of did this thing where, Whatever the draft order was, the rookie draft coming up in May would be the inverse, right? So if you picked 112, you got the 101 in the rookie draft, right? And we we figured out through process that that was also ridiculously unfair because basically that person got two first-round startup picks. <laughs> Whoever nailed the 101 generally got two first-round startup picks in value, which was dumb. So what we transitioned to, now you draft kickers as placeholders. If you want that 101 pick, instead of taking – Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase at the 112, you'd have to take the kicker and then you'd get the 101. So a little bit different, a little bit different. We've transitioned. So that's where I'm at on third round reversal. I think it's almost a, I'm not going to say almost, I think it's a necessity. It's mandatory at this point for a, a snake draft startup to be third round reversal in super flex leagues because Patrick Mahomes, uh, even if it's not Patrick Mahomes for you for some god awful reason, having one of those elite quarterbacks and then getting a very early third round pick as well just puts you so far ahead of the curve. Um, even these teams in third round reversal who start Patrick Mahomes, pick two twelve and then pick three twelve through three rounds, generally their roster looks better than everybody else <laughs> just because of the Patrick Mahomes thing. It just carries so much damn weight. So, where are right. you at? Do you think third round reversal is also kind of a, a necessity at this point? Yeah, um, I, I I prefer it. I, I remember I um, was actually just for like switching switching it up. I was like, maybe we don't do third round reversal in one of the startups I was trying to do. And yeah, I remember the, it was the like Patriot League. We hated. Yeah, you. We, we I, I I remember fun. like I was like, listen, I'm I'm I'll happily put this up to a vote. I just, I just thought it would be a cool wrinkle to you know have context <laughs> to talk about it to um, the contrary. So I'm at least playing in some that aren't 
I, I I voted it. By the way, I made it that as a wrinkle, but I voted still. I'd rather have third round reversal. If you made me ask, they every single person put third round reversal. I'm like, all right, we can just end this now. It's over. We're gonna do third round reversal. So that's what I prefer. I would much rather have that. And I think there was a a discussion where you could say maybe no earlier, but now with what we know and how the elite quarterbacks especially are, like it, you have to. Because I, th- I think even then, you're not making up the difference if you have 212 and 301 at all from the quarterbacks. Where if you go back like two years ago where there was a lot of these older quarterbacks that were still carrying points per game weight um, compared to what we're looking at right now at the quarterback values and market, no way, man. It, there's no way. Because if you get Mahomes and you still get the 301, that's just – like taking your three hundred one and making it three twelve doesn't even do justice for what you get at Patrick Mahomes, right? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Underdog, that's right. Destination Devi is now partnered with Underdog. It's an incredible opportunity, and you know my affinity. For best ball how about getting in those contests and taking down some of these big tournaments getting that best ball money and right now if you sign up with promo code 4d chess you'll get a hundred percent deposit match up to the first hundred dollars and the best part is destination Debbie discord will be free to you for a year you will get access to all the strategy that we will be talking about as far as taking down some of these tournaments and the best ball tools that will come with it what a perfect marriage destination Debbie 40 chess underdog best ball say less and sign me up now back to the show yeah, I'll say there's a big difference between having a, you know, Dak Prescott at the 112 or whoever that potentially that 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th quarterback is, who whoever you could take there. There's a big difference between that and and Dak Prescott and what are Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes. So we we talk about it. You go, man, just in a vacuum, lineup or best ball, you you go, man, you probably need a first a first plus to get up to Patrick Mahomes in a trade discussion. Think yep. about that. Yep. Think about that. That's and how that's, big of an advantage and you're that's, starting off. And that's also – that's if if you probably make a deal in the startup draft, right? Right. Like there's a lot of times in the startup drafts, and we can probably talk through some of these points, where it's actually a little cheaper if you do it then because somebody can then say, yeah. all right, I get these picks and I can do what I want with them, and, and there's still this – mindset of it's a pick I can it's endless possibilities because when you go after that right now you could throw rookie picks into the mix but it's not the same as startups and when you come to the table in the league that's already formed with Dak Prescott for Patrick Mahomes it's already higher than a first and a second yeah yeah right and that and that that that, that's another point that we can get into later but yeah anyway when we start just to the the start part of it like derby you give me the top three, four picks. Uh, don't really care about the format. You get into the middle. You can have discussion on best ball if you want to go to the back or not. But um, if it's not if it's not best ball, like say you have the the eighth selection in the derby, ninth selection in the derby, it's a lineup league. Do you still have any interest in third round reversal picking at one eleven, one twelve in the back half? Um, possibly. I I would say this. I I probably in lineup because I see the startup ADP and like how I feel about how comfortable I am. I'm still probably good taking that. The only edge I will say that if you want to go to that 111, 112 and get the back half is because Chase and Jefferson are so likely to go before then. And even if they don't, right? Like you basically at the 111 and the 202 and the 112 and the 201, like you can lock up a lot of times a Watson and a Dak. Now, you don't get Mahomes, right? You don't get Hurts. You don't get that. But you can lock down two of the top 12 quarterbacks. There's obviously risk there. There's not the sexy names of the high-end ones. But you can lock those up. And then because you get to lock those up. Now, the Mahomes owner, unless the draft falls to them the right way, isn't guaranteed to get that same quarterback on the way back. And then you still get the edge of the 301. 
I can see where, you know, because sometimes even, even if you're at the 108, Mike, you can't even at that spot guarantee you're going to get Watson or Dak coming back to you there at the 204, 205, depending on where you're going with. So I think the, the 111, the 112 lineup or best ball is kind of an interesting spot for me to pick. Now, I know some people think it might be a death sentence, but I actually do kind of enjoy it. And there are some leagues where, let's say, I pick eight, nine in the Derby. I will actually go to the 111 or the 112 for the simple fact that you're going to have a build that's different than everybody else. You touched on it, um, depending on ADP or how your draft goes. And every startup is going to be different on how people value them. But in general, I will say this, Adam, you said it. You're going to be one of the only teams that's able to get two top 12 quarterbacks and not have to send anything to do it. You know, if I if I want two top 12 quarterbacks at the 101 through probably like 105, 106 generally in leagues, I got to pay up. I got to pay up into the first round again. I got to buy back in. I got to send my second, third, future first, whatever it takes to get up there if I want to do it. The 111, the 112, generally with ADP, like you said, Dak Watson. Um, if you got Anthony Richardson in the top, he's available at that spot. Uh, you're able to get those. The other thing, too, is say it is one of these leagues, and you and I have seen it where, damn, like the first 11 picks are all quarterbacks. Right. Every single one of them. I mean, right. we've seen it depending on scoring, format, settings. People will literally take 11 quarterbacks in a row or 10 quarterbacks. You're sitting there at the 112 and people have taken 11 quarterbacks. Do you really want to chase QB 12 and 13? Do you want to take Dak and Kyler? Do you want to take Dak and Danny Dimes or whoever the hell else you would put up there? Or it opens you up to a unique build that nobody else is going to be able to have, right? You could take Jefferson and Chase. You could have the top two wide receivers, the next two guys off the board, or even if it's just one of them and you're taking Bijan as the first running back, you want to dip your toes right. into that market. Um, and then you you come back with the 301, and, and maybe at the 301 you're getting a quarterback. It might be QB 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever. But you can come back and you can still get a – I'm not going to call it an anchor quarterback because it's hard to anchor at that, but you can get a very serviceable QB 1 and then build your team out from there with elite wide receivers or an elite running back in, in Bijan. So an interesting spot to, to pick, and, and I'm not going to lie to you, and sometimes I'm feeling frisky and I'm like, damn. You know, I want to try this out because it it's one of the only spots in where you're just going to be built different than than just about everybody else. And it, it's not a reach. Right. If I if I were to take Jefferson at 106, 107, I always feel like I'm reaching. I'm leaving value on the board in super flex leagues. But if I can get him at the 112 and then I could get the other one at the 201, I'm like, all right, I can get behind this. This is what I'm going to lean into. I'm going to lean into the fact that nobody's going to be able to match my wide receivers on a weekly basis. So. It's not the worst spot to pick. Right. It's and not a death sentence. And I think in lineup especially, Mike, is where I'm like most interested in possibly doing that. And the reason I say that is this, right? So if you take the 108, let's say, and let's even say like Jefferson goes. So you're like, all right. So I, I, I get, you know, Trevor Lawrence or whatever quarterback's left in the top seven, eight. See, see what's, what's going to happen here, right, is you're basically going to try to if the person at 101, 102, 103, 104, if they are savvy enough and they roster construct appropriately, like they're already in the driver's seat. So you're going to try to basically mirror what they're going to do, except for it's going to be not as optimal because you don't have Patrick Mahomes. You don't have – I love T-Law. I do. I love T-Law. But, and I love Lamar. And I love Fields. But I don't care how much you tell me I love him, anyone else, that it's not Mahomes. It's not that – other player so you're already going to try to you're basically working off the same build but it's going to be in the mind of like doing it from a up you're, you're starting from a worse spot if it's a track meet right like that person gets a start ahead of you and then you're going to run the same race now can you beat them sure but you're not you're at a disadvantage the difference is now you're running a different race at the 111 112 because you're not necessarily at that point you're not no one else is in control of what you do there because this is the reason I say that you can almost guaranteed to lock down two of the top 12 quarterbacks at that spot. And if you can't, that means that somehow chase or Jefferson fell to you, right? Like that's yeah. what happens. Now, the reason I say that too, and why it's so big is in lineup, the first two and especially like early part of the third rounds, 
in market are crazy valuable. Like those players are just the buzz names. So you basically get another second round pick on the reversal side, right? That's why I think for me in lineup, it's even a bigger edge. If you decided I wanted to go zig while there's agging, um, you know, to get that 111, 112 spot, get my two quarterbacks, take the best available at 301. And then by the 412, 501, you know, you, you're not getting the 401 spot, but like at that spot, you're just taking the best value and trying to fit roster construction and lineup. So in lineup, I really don't mind taking that back half if I'm not able to secure one of the top five, six picks. All right. So you got your pick selection. The next thing I'm doing, this is me personally, uh, in the past, I had been looking at points per game and just trying to get a feel of where the position tiers are, right? Like how much the quarterback score in this league with these settings, how much the tight end score, like where's the advantage, where's the flat tiers, where's the fall off. Um, what I've replaced that with now, we're going to plug it here, southharmonff.com, uh, the warp tool made by Koopa. Big put it time. in there. So I already have the scoring settings. I just go in, I put in my username, I go to the league, and now I get a warp graph. I get to look at my team based on these exact settings of my league. And with that, we talked about it. We did that uh, the live stream, the breakdown of the warp. And it's one of the things where I have now transitioned into is plugging those leagues in. I get to know them all. I get to see the actual graphs. And it gives me a better feel to map out. Now, it's not, I don't use it for individual players, but I, I use it for the same thing I was doing with points per game. I don't really care about individual players, but I'm looking at how do the quarterback score? What do the elite quarterback score? And if the elite quarterback score are, are, are scoring at a fairly high clip or scoring at a clip that is much better than some of the other positions, Adam it leads me to another strategy where I do, whether it's lineup or best ball, depending on what this is telling me, where I go, all right, now I need to formulate a, a plan. Do I want to just start, you know, say I'm picking at the 101. I get Patrick Mahomes. He's such a damn advantage. Do I want to pay the price that I think it's going to take? And what is that price based on this warp to get another elite quarterback, right? What is it going to take me to try to go get a Burrow? If I can't get a, a Joe Burrow type, like what's it take me to go get a Justin Fields at the back end? Um, is it worth it for me to try to go up even to the 112? Like is Dak Prescott, is that QB 11, that QB 12, that QB 13, are they an advantage in that league? And that's what's leading me to formulate my draft strategy in the startup. Now, this is all going to be dependent on whether your league mates want to play ball, what their asking price is. You know, I, if quarterbacks are elite and we see a lot of these scoring formats and these startups we do where the quarterbacks are elite all the way through, like the top 12 quarterbacks, big, big ones. But if somebody wants, you know, my second, my third, my fourth round startup and my 24 first, you know, plus to go get it, at some point the cost is too much where I'm like, nah, like I'm not going to overpay for that. But the warp has helped me figure out where these tiers are. Same thing too, like the draft hasn't even started yet and I'm looking at the tiers and I'm going, how valuable are the tight ends? Like when should I really right. be thinking about taking the tight ends? Because in some settings, tight ends are extremely valuable. Maybe it's a, a two PPR a tight end premium and you're starting two of them. Now you got positional scarcity and warp-wise, they're scoring a ridiculous ton. And I need to roster them in the lineup league. It's not a best ball league where I can get by with just a bunch of junk later. Maybe right. I do need to pay up for the tight end. So I'm thinking about trying to map out, all right, in the third round, maybe I want to start taking a tight end if I can't sell that pick or whatever to move up to the quarterback. So warp has been a, a difference maker. And it's not the fact that it's predictive, but I can see trends. So a, a good example of it is I'm doing a startup right now, Adam, the one we just talked about. And I look at it and the elite quarterbacks, they score really well. And after that, it kind of falls off a little bit, but I'm not looking at it going, oh, QB8 last year was was in line with you know wide receiver eight warp-wise. These are the players that I'm going to match up. I'm not using it as a predictive. I'm using it as, okay, if I believe or I value this guy in this top, Q, top eight QB range, what does it take for me to go try to get a chance to draft him in the startup? So I don't put names one for one. I put more like tiers and I'm looking at it, but I do that for all the positions. If running backs don't mean anything warp-wise, then I'm not going to draft them early. I'm not going to spend up to get them, right? I'm going to pass on them and I go, hey, from RB 
15 through RB32, they're basically the same dudes. And in my head, I've done enough startups. You've listened to enough content. If you're listening to this show of really smart people going, man, I kind of got a feel for where they're going. There's all kinds of tools, ADP tools out there where you can look and you can go, geez, I can get like six, seven of these guys from round eight, round nine on round 10, round 12. I can get these guys. I can just throw a bunch into a bag and I'll figure it out. So Warp has really changed the way I've looked at startups. And that is the second thing I'm doing after I figure out where the hell I'm actually drafting it, if it's a derby or not. If it's random, you're just going with the flow, man. It's it's like a derby, but you were the last choice, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I, I think this warp tool, Mike, is is something that has already kind of changed or confirmed a lot of the things that I'm doing. Um, and, and I'll say this, it's not a end all be all. Like if you subscribe to our warp tool or if you, you know, even if you don't do that and you just like to utilize warp and in, in and of itself, it's not an end all be all. But what it does do for me is confirm so many different things to my league. And a lot of that starts with what position groups, because y- you can't control injuries you can't control no. players moving teams you can't control a lot of things like that so I, I i shouldn't ever be like outside of maybe a few players that you really are strong on it's not really a players thing for me it's more of a process thing for me what position groups are the most valuable and then also the most scarce and which ones make the most sense to roster and to have and to invest in because the other big part of that is is not just warp there's also that market that comes into play right so there's even times when i when i'm when i'm drafting and i'm like man in this league i may be better off taking a running back here but i also look at the board and i'm looking it's honestly the same principle mike as i would do two weeks ago when we talked about in a in a quarterback horde I look at the board and I say, who's available and who needs something, right? I'll look and say, you know what? Like, I like this running back here, but it's the sixth round. And I know how the market is, right? And I can't pass on a couple wide receivers that are sitting here. Because I think in the seventh and eighth round, I can still double tap running backs that are similar. And I know that Warp still says to get those running backs. So I'm not going to let them fall to like, I'm not going to go outside the top 12 rounds to where we get to the spot where running backs don't have as much value and you don't even know if these guys you draft probably after round 12 are realistically penciled into any type of a workload. But I don't have to invest just because Warp tells me to in running back in a round way ahead of ADP, right? It's a, it's utilizing that with the market, but it's a big edge for me, man. And it's something that's um, slowly becoming a big part of the process that I use already in 4D and also multiplying on like how can I utilize this information to build my dynasty monster the way I want to, but also still exploit the market that is not like it's basically the market is confirming that this is where I want to sell out of spots that warp is saying are not as valuable as market shows that it is valuable. So here's one that I'm using right now. Uh, I look at the warp for this league that I'm starting up and then I'm in and the elite four quarterbacks right on the graph are are way up there but right after that at qb5 the graph of the quarterback dips below running backs and wide receivers so wide receivers and running back five are more valuable in warp than than qb5 and you go okay so you only really want to invest in the top four quarterbacks right you only really want to invest in those But one of the great things about the tool that I've started to use, especially with this startup draft is the first one that I've implemented is I go, was that just a one-off for last year? I can look at historical data and I can go back and I can look at 2021 warp graphs with the same scoring settings. And on that one, Adam, when I go back and look all the way until you get to QB 15 is the first time that those lines ever intersect any position the first time that running back pops up and matches what the quarterbacks are doing the first time i mean wide receivers and tight ends are still far below the quarterbacks in the scoring format okay well now i got another data point where i go damn having those top 12 13 14 15 quarterbacks is really important is it just a one-off because i got one telling me only invest in the top four i got one telling me all the way to qb 15 well, let's go look at 2020 and I can go back and I look at the same thing. And 2020 tells me, actually, Mike, 
the top 18 quarterbacks in 2020 are more valuable than any other skill position that you could draft. So all the more further enforcing the fact that in this league, like I really want to trade up and I want to try to get some of those elite quarterbacks, even if it's not the traditional, hey, you're going to trade into the top eight, like we just talk about generically, but maybe I want to get more aggressive and maybe I want to get more aggressive on the Kylers and Dak Prescotts and the Daniel Joneses of the world. For example, there, right? So you don't have to necessarily, because of the market, go up to get your first two in the first two rounds even though your basis is that warp is telling you that you want to have as many of the top 12 15 quarterbacks but you can basically play up the market and say all right i've landed you know one of the top four let's say you're in the top four you land let's just use josh allen as a hypothetical we we can use this one right now because i landed patrick mahomes okay so there you go uh how far are you in uh we're at the pick 112 right now so i gotta wait a whole round for it to come back all right, but this this won't be aired until after you've probably made your pick. At the Let's hope return. so, because I don't want everybody knowing exactly. That's why I'm. That's why I'm, before I dive into this, I want to make sure I'm not exposing no, my guy. We out should here. be. We should be fine. Well, he didn't. He didn't invite me, so I don't mind exposing. Him, <laughs> oh, I'm just playing. Man. No, but no, but seriously though. So at the now is third round reversal, correct? Yeah, yeah. I don't. So anything not third round reversal anymore. That's one of those where okay, now knowing what you know. The 212 comes around, right? And that's your pick. I've seen Kyler slide into the fourth and the fifth in in some of these startups. And sometimes in the early third. But here's, I guess, the question that I'm going to ask you based on what we're talking about in a real-life example. 212 comes around. Let's say that Kyler's there. Tua's there. Bryce Young's still there. CJ Stroud's probably obviously still there. Yep. Is this one of those where you're going to hit the best available player that's not a quarterback possibly, and then maybe see if you can trade up cheaply from 312 to 305 or 6, let's say, to lock in Kyler. Is that something you're considering, or are you just like, nah, I don't want to play that risk game. Let me take my top quarterback here at 212. I guess because that, that, that's where the conversation for me comes in a lot of times is how do yes. I want to approach this? This is what I'll say. You and I think a lot alike, and we – we draft very similar. Uh, that's probably why we get along so well. But this is one thing I can give you props to is you think about it in another dimension sometimes where you go, maybe, maybe what you're saying here, if if those guys were all available, there's four, there's five, and they will all be in consideration to take the 212 to pair with a Patrick Mahomes because Warp is telling me that, hey, man, just get two quarterbacks within the top 15 and you're going to be just fine. Right. They're they're all advantaged. Maybe not to the degree that if you were to trade up and get a Fields and a, a Patrick sure. Mahomes, you'd feel as good. Of course. But on the plus note, you don't have to use any draft capital in this startup, right? You don't have to trade away your second, your third, and your fourth, or you know, include any future first or anything to get it. Best case scenario, right? This is where you're much better at because you look at it and you go, Hey, I should probably take into consideration that there's four of these guys that I'm comfortable with. So if I sit here at the 212 and instead of taking them, maybe I go to the guy who's got the 303 or maybe I go to the guy who's got the 304 who's going to well, look at it and go, and, and, it's a third round startup. It has some value, but I'm more willing to let it go. Let's say for your fifth and your sixth round pick. And, and can right? I tell you where, can I tell you where this episode blends together with the past one? So what I would be doing is saying, okay, somebody has taken two. Somebody did take two. And you know what? We already know that the human element doesn't actually want a quarterback horde like most people. So you go to that manager in their third round spot where they don't actually probably want to take Kyler. They're more willing to deal. And you got your skill player at 212. You're already locked in. That is, that's how you think. I think you could really play that up. If Now, this is also hypothetically. Like maybe the quarterbacks go really high and you don't have this on the table. But this in this right. hypothetical moment. Like something like that happens, I'm looking at, okay, someone that has their two quarterbacks that isn't thinking I need to have Kyler here, maybe they're much more willing to take a deal like that where they're, it's a skill player, right? In the third round, there's not a lot of skill players in the third round where people aren't willing to completely uh, part with when they're still getting fourth and fifth type things. You know what I mean? Right, because you've kind of, you've reached that point where the real sexy skill players, the 
the uh, the Brees Halls, the Bijan Robinsons, the the Chase, the Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, like those guys are kind of gone, and you're going, Where? all right, you know, I'm dealing with wide receiver maybe four through ten at this point. Right. Whereas at two twelve, maybe that player still is hanging around. Right. Hundred percent. So. I, I do like that one, and that is something I'm going to think about because in my head I'm sitting here going, man, you know, maybe I just trade into the mid part of the second round, but that costs draft capital. You're that's almost gonna, that, that's going to cost future draft capital almost assuredly, right? Right. If you sit there and you just kind of let it fall. Now, here's the other thing, Adam. If I'm sitting there and you talked about it, depending on league and depending on what people know and how they're drafting, there is a realistic scenario where these quarterbacks all run out before you even get to the two twelve. Correct. There's a realistic scenario where that happens. And they, and they force your hand there, you know? Right. We're, well, like QB 15 is already gone by the time I'm ready to pick at the 212. But yeah. you can pay attention to it in the draft and as it's going. Like if it starts to go that route and you're down to maybe the last two guys that you, you have in your quote-unquote tier. Paying that's those managers can, just to see. That's another part of startup strategy where you're following the board. Mike, Mike Lou, the OG one of the goats in this space who I respect and, and really got me passionate about it the way I think about it. He always said, be water, be water. And it just means be able to, to take on whatever shape is necessary at the time. And, and in this case, if these quarterbacks were going, okay, maybe I need to get a little bit more aggressive, right? And there's only two left. We're at the 207. I don't think I'm getting one of these guys at the 212. I don't think this is going to be a possibility for me. Let me see what, what it's going to cost to go up because if that fits my need, that's my strategy, that's what I want to do is pair Patrick Mahomes with another one of these guys and start my draft off. Let me see what the, what's going to be. But conversely, also part of being water, Adam, is what you were just talking about. If I'm at the 212 and there's four guys, five guys, where I'm going, man, I can't believe everybody passed. Instead of being that guy who goes, I can pick the right one, the one that's going to be the advantage to me, maybe I take a skill position. And maybe I see what the cost is to go back up in the third round and move up in there to go get one. So I love it. But this is all coming from from Warp. And the, the historical data has been incredible. The fact that I've been able to start to utilize it and go, maybe 22 was just an aberration in some part. Let me see what if I can get like a three-year trend or a four-year trend or a five-year trend. Scott Connor talks about this a lot on Destination Dynasty when he goes back and he looks at trends. And specifically, the one that was always just the, the kick to the balls to me was when you look at running back position as a whole, just in a vacuum and the scoring keep going down every single year. But this one, you can go and you can look at warp. If I want to know what the actual quarterback advantage is, this is telling me on a three-year trend history, hey, top 13, top 14, top 15 quarterbacks are safe bets, even though last year it'll show that some of these running backs and wide receivers superseded them after QB4. In the past two years before that, that wasn't the case. The quarterbacks are the elite assets to have generally in the scoring setting. So Warp has been a game changer for startup strategy. Um I have yet to implement it, which is going to be awesome when we go back because I do want to do a follow-up to our auction strategy now that we have the warp information. And let's see if we can find any correlation between what the warp advantage is on, a, well, on an auction versus like well, what you would actually let, pay. Let, let's just talk about it for the sake of the podcast. I think this is actually really good. And, and See, I think what makes the warp tool awesome is it is literally the most forgiving. And you talk about Mike Lou. It is the most water thing out there. It literally bends to whatever your league is. Like it yeah. is exactly what your league is. And and so Mike, the thing about this is what's interesting is if you talk about it from the auction perspective, which is this is going to be a startup um, podcast primarily, but let's at least discuss if this was the same league in auction. See, the difference there is because of the way the draft goes, at least the way I'm thinking of this, at your 212, like when I think about it outside, it could play – one of two different ways, especially how I've seen a ton of boards sent to me. What should I do here? What am I doing here? I mean, Mike, it's all the time. I'm looking at boards and what do I do here? And what do I do here? And I'm looking at warp. One of the first things I'm doing now is looking at warp, even when they tell me the scoring and all that. The reason it's so big is at 212, you're a little more handicapped unless you want to move up or move back as to what right. everyone else is doing, right? Now, the difference in auction is in that scenario, all right, Forget all the other stuff. Let me go pay up for two of the top eight guys that I know and feel really great about. And then I can utilize warp at discounts to go fill 
the positions I want to fill, right? But you can secure without throwing away your future at all what you want in a league like that in an auction. I think that's what makes auction even more appealing with Warp, whereas it's a little more right. convoluted in a Rigid. startup because it's it's a it's a little more based on what is there to you at your picks and what do you want to do with how you want to construct your team. All right, so we talked about that. Uh, some basic strategies too. I mean, we just did the the QB horde episode, which is something to consider. But you know, like we mentioned on it, you don't need to. If you only do a handful of leagues, Adam. If you're only in this is maybe your second, your third, your fourth startup. I'm not saying it's probably not the right kind of format for you to just like dive into a QB horde because it is risky. It does carry risk, and not everybody appreciates it. And there is some downfall. I tried to give you scenarios of what happens in that when it when it fails, but you know, let's be honest. If if you're doing nine, ten, eleven, twelve leagues plus, uh, you know, throw one in there every now and then. <laughs> I throw a QB horde in every now and then. It's fun. It's fun, uh, and there's some great success. But just generally, uh, let's talk about in a lineup league. If you're doing a a startup, Adam, and and you got your warp data. Let's just let's just assume everything's very similar because we've had scoring settings too where I will say this, for the most part, in just about anything you do, the elite quarterbacks are gonna be elite. And that's kind of why we say the top eight give, quarterbacks. Give me the league that you want to talk about, by the way. Let's uh oh man, I'm trying to think of one where it was very, very, very close together. Which is hard because Warp has completely shit on everything that I used to do as far as trying to make well, scoring. It, it's confirmed a lot of things, but it's also been like, nah, you were yes. wrong about certain things too. That's what's great. Well, let, about it. well let's just hypothetically let's talk about it. Let's yeah, say you I, I like it. Let's do it. Um, where it's very similar, uh, we we kind of know the QB strategy. We've talked about it multiple times. Where you want to trade up, you want to try to get two top eight quarterbacks, just generically. Lineup or best ball for me, uh, the format doesn't matter. Uh, super flex quarterbacks usually carry a lot of weight. So I always want yep. two of them. But let's yep. talk about some other strategies, any other ones that you want to employ. So you can't trade up into the top eight. The prices are, are too much. You're not going to get two top eight quarterbacks. So That's let's okay. talk about it hypothetically. You started out with uh, Lamar Jackson. You picked in the middle. You picked one. I like that one. All right. You can't trade up Co- and get two of them. We're going to use the same type of format you were just playing in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this is a lineup league, correct? Yeah, let's just say it's a lineup league. Perfect. Hypothetically, you got a Lamar Jackson. You can't trade up. You can't get the the two two elite quarterbacks that you want. Fine. What are some other strategies that you want to, to implement? Right, you're kind of in the middle there. So, well, generally, where... if you're if you're looking at two hundred six on the way back, are you looking at because of the running back market and the way we are in the dynasty landscape? Like, what caliber running back has to be available for Bijan. you at the two hundred six? And he won't before? be. Okay, and that's it. That was. Quick. I'm not taking one at 206. <laughs> period. It's Bijan. That's it. It's not. It's the only one. If somebody's like, fast. you know what, hey, Bijan, if Bijan's sitting me in the face at 206, I'm pressing the button. You forget you guys. Fade running back all you want. I'm warps telling me to take him here. Outside of that, and there's also market with him too. But yeah, outside of that, no, right. I'm not doing it. Not 206. Forget it. Y'all got him. I'm dying. That's that was the quickest response I think we've ever had on this show. Y'all got him, Bijan. <laughs> that's we, it. we've come we've come full circle in a year last year i could have told you 21s i'd take it 206 all right let's talk about tight ends man um lineup league generic tight end premium 1.5 <clears> no biggie are there any tight ends you're considering there at the 206 if it was 1.5 no if it was 1.75 or higher the stack appeals very quickly for me um and if you're yeah. going to here it better be the stack in any any type of a situation because andrews is the one that makes the most sense given you have the Lamar because okay. the stack appeal gives you the higher ceiling. And ultimately, at the end of the day, like floor is great and all, but in lineup especially, you're chasing ceiling because that's what's going to win you weeks in the playoffs. So that's what I would be chasing. To, any consideration of Travis Kelsey, even though he's on the older side, is still available if you didn't have the you know the Patrick Mahomes part. At 1.5 tight end premium, no, personally for me. Really? going to do it. Okay. And, and the reason I say that is because – it's not that Kelsey's not great, right? But I'm already thinking about how I'm going to construct my team, right? right? So what happens here? Now, with Lamar, I, I'm very much like Lou Water. I go 206, Travis Kelsey. I'm ahead of consensus. I'm not saying he's not a positional advantage and his warp won't be high. But what have I done already in the middle of the second round? I have locked myself in to the Pick rest of my picks are picking for to try to find how I'm going to win. 
Now, even if you make moves that are good value-wise, it's all with the mindset of how do I have liquidity or youth and market to, to make my team win. You don't take Travis Kelsey in the middle of the second to, for, to play possibly for any other time than now. And that's why I'm not right. doing that. The only time I would take Travis Kelsey personally, Mike, in the second round of a startup is if the, the warp in the tight end uh, scarcity and premium is very, very high or I already have Mahomes. That's probably it for me. In a situation, I, situation like that where it's 1.5, no, no. I think to the, the macro point, right, like you're talking about strategy, and I share the same sentiment with you. Uh, the second round, if you're picking in the, the middle of the second, there there's – let me say this. There's no pick you can really make in the first round outside of an egregious reach somewhere that is locking your direction in, right? If you're getting one of these quarterbacks, even even if you get a Dak Prescott at the one twenty, Maybe if you took Bijan, because you don't really want to have a running back on a rebuild, but you could still do it. It's just not the way I would personally do it. Outside per, of that, there's per, no there's, yes. outside of that, there's no per, there's no pick in the first no. round that says I can't rebuild. No. no. Um in the second round, though, you definitely can, right? If somebody wants to reach in, or not reach, but if they want to take a, a Christian McCaffrey, um, to me, even a Brees Hall, a Travis Kelsey, those are the kind of guys where you look but at. But even there, like you could talk about Stephon Diggs and, um, you know, Tyreek Hill in the second round, possibly, right? Like that right. really is not the pick you want to make if you're rebuilding, other than you think you're going to wait until the start of the year and then flip him for two first and a second or something. And even people that very much want to win aren't really likely to be able to give that to you. It's on a platter. So I think to me, I'm with you subconsciously. If you talk about the two and one, two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, um, specifically kind of up to that eighth pick. I don't want to make a lot of picks. We're going to lock my direction. in. Right, I don't want to exactly. already put my cards onto the table and go, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And everybody knows the only, now, the only your, exception to your point. Go ahead. Sorry. Bijan is probably the only one that's, that's 50, 50, but I, I think because he's carries so much weight, he carries so much. And this is why I've been a proponent of taking him at one one really in just about any format. That's not 14 team Superflex. is the fact that he, he still carries all that hype, all that value. Um, and he's, he hasn't played it down yet. So right, right. you're not locked yourself into a direction. I mean, we saw Brees Hall tear his ACL and still maintain a, a shit ton of value. <laughs> so if you're a year one running back going into year two, you're still fine. Brees Hall isn't even hit – or uh, B. John Robinson hasn't even hit year one yet. So I, I think no, I'm with fine. you there. Yep. At, at the 2-9 going on, though, if you make me – pick the win now direction that is something i'm going to lean into like if the value is there so let's say but but for me though mike what i what the reason yeah. i wanted to talk about this is because at that point the the answer to the question that makes me do it is going to be i got josh allen i'm gonna stack dicks i've got patrick mahomes i'm gonna stack kelsey like right. y'all have crossed the line i'm out on this thing yes. and you can let me get this stack and i'll pick my direction now and you guys can know it but i've got a stack and warp, right? That's that's the thing that I think warp has actually shown me too is like I have the warp on the quarterback and a receiver or I have the warp on the tight end and the quarterback. Okay, I'll pick my direction. I'll find a way to build around this, right? And yes. I can look at warp and also figure out what are the best ways to do that. So, for example, in the league you're talking about where historically, not just in the last year, historically you're looking at the top 12 to 15 quarterbacks are what are league winners. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I get Lamar here, right? Um, to your to your first example. Lamar is my 107, 108, whatever. And then on the way back, so I passed Travis Kelsey. So I don't, I don't want to do it there. Because here I can still stay flexible. But now I know, given the market and given what you just told me, I can probably find a way on a, on a team like this to – See what happens with Daniel Jones. See what happens with Kirk Cousins, right? I can build my team flexible and in the way I want to warp, right, position-wise. And then in the fourth, fifth round, when I'm like, all right, you know, I got in this league, I want to have receivers. I got three receivers. Or I have, like, one receiver and two running backs because they just fell to criminal value. And I'm getting Brees Hall in the third and – you know, uh, Saquon in the fourth because he's holding out possibly, right? 
and that's how warp is telling me to build now i can say all right i have a chance to get kirk cousins who doesn't have the youth but still fits that top 12 to 15 build and i think that's where warp shows me things that i don't even know what i want to do but now when i have the warp information and i see how the board falls and i see what's happening i haven't locked myself in at 206 mike where if i take travis kelsey and lamar right and then all of a sudden i look down and this quarterback run happened that i didn't expect Right. All those other quarterbacks went way early. Now you are bending to the will of everybody else in warp. So I want it, Kelsey. I want it, Lamar. But at what cost? Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't think for me, um, just in general, if I think about it, lineup, best ball, this part really doesn't matter. Most of the second round, I'm trying to if if I can't make some trades, right? This is what we're talking about. I just got to make these picks where I'm sitting at. I don't want to make anything that's going to pick my direction until we start to get to this back half, right? If I've started Burrow, Hurts, Allen, Mahomes, like I've started with one of the big four quarterbacks, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, "Damn, can't believe somebody let uh, Jonathan Taylor." Like I compare, I compare JT up with with Joe Burrow, or I compare JT up with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe then I'm more inclined to like pick my direction. Hey, I'm going to go for it. Right? Warp is telling me that I like the, that a lot. Yes, uh, the elite cup, the elite running backs are also at a warp advantage, and I definitely think Jonathan Taylor can be in that conversation. Let me go ahead and take him. Or like you talked about the stacks. If I could get Diggs and Allen stacked together, if I could get Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey stacked together because of warp, I'm more comfortable building out a contender at that point. But any of these other picks, you know, there's there's so many options at the the seven, the the six, the five, the four, the three, the two, the one that I go, I don't need to pick this direction. I can pick my direction much later when I have more information about what the rest of my league is doing and how they're valuing players. Because like you mentioned, depending on ADP and sentiment of some people, you could literally start like a Lamar Jackson, right? Not have to take the, the Mark Andrews if you don't want. You could have got an elite receiver, an A.J. Brown. Right or a Garrett Wilson or whoever For sure. you wanted there, you can still stay flexible and have warp uh, potential. Right, you you had talked about in some of these generic leagues, like a Kyler Murray falls to the third round, the fourth round. So you got Lamar, you got Kyler, you got an AJ Brown, and then in the fourth round you're sitting there and you're going, "Damn, man! Like nobody's taking Saquon yet. Nobody likes Saquon." And then you go Saquon Barkley, and then in the fifth round it's like, "Oh, Austin Eckler, the whole change with Kellen Moore." Whatever people are telling them, all of a sudden you're walking into two elite running backs. You got your two quarterbacks locked up. You already got a receiver. You're going, "Yeah, I'm pretty much I'm win now." Now you right, you have made right. me go win now because of value. But the thing is, you stayed flexible in those first couple rounds. You didn't make the decision. You let the league make the decision for you. Because here's the thing. You don't have enough information by the 205. Right. You've had you've had less than half of the league make two picks. Right. The first 12 yeah. are the first 12 or everybody knows the first 12, first 15 <laughs> picks. You don't have any information about what your league wants to do. Right? That's right. huge, really. Because think about it this way. At the 206, right? You take Travis Kelsey, let's say, in this scenario. So you've got Lamar at the 107, Kelsey at the 206. So now I'm already rigid on, like, I want to win. You don't have to necessarily pick it today. But you are always with the mindset of how do I make it go to that, right? So ideally, if this was the case, right? And if it fell your perfect way, which, by the way, it still can. Like, if you took the 206 Travis Kelsey then the league fell the way you want it to, you, you can still have a great build. But you're subject to everything falling. For example, when you look at it, let's say let's say by the 206 you take Travis Kelsey and you say, all right, it's a really sharp league. This is where I got to take him. Okay. Now, let's say it, it actually is a really sharp league. There's some picks in ADP that you look and you're like, in, in sharp drafts, this ain't going to happen. For example... Austin Eckler and, and Kenneth Walker are going in the third round. Not necessary, right? Let's pull those out. Now let's pull in the fourth round. You're thinking maybe I got a shot at Cooper Cup. That ain't happening, right? That's not happening. Now all of a sudden, in your fourth round, you're trying to get Cooper Cup. You're staring at Drake London, DK, and Christian Watson. Those are your receivers. Doesn't It's not giving you what you want given how you started, right? 
So now you're thinking yeah. that like you're probably one of these people that at that point you put the trade you put the pick on the block after it's on the clock and everybody knows he doesn't want to make the freaking pick. Like what what am I going to do? You you could have shot this pick a while ago. Like no one's trading that to you. So you take, you know, and I still like him, Drake Leonard or DK or whoever you take, but you don't have a positional advantage really there, right? It doesn't really fit the warp you have. You, right. Now you pick the position, but you don't have like a realistic shot. Like especially if you take one of those, there's there's a realistic scenario where you got the right position, but there's no positional advantage because the draft didn't fall for how you wanted there and you felt like you had to take a certain player in position. And you could do that for the rest of the draft where you're taking best available based on dynasty market, but you've already kind of picked your direction ahead of time. And if you don't end up at the end of the draft having a direction, which makes sense, and you have Travis Kelsey, what do we know about Travis Kelsey? This is the reason when I, and I want to dive deeper into that. What do we know about Travis Kelsey? The very biggest thing about Travis Kelsey, is he's always worth more to the team that has him than he ever will right. be anymore to the dynasty market. So if you if you now took Travis Kelsey in the second round, you can never get out, ever, ever, for what you put into him, what you're going to trade for him in the open market. It's not going to happen. It's not. Right. That's There's not, not the of- case if you take A.J. Brown, like you said, if you take Garrett, whoever your flavor is in the mid-second, that is still fine to trade out of later on if you decide, I want to rebuild, or you could just hold them, and it's not a, it's not an aging asset. There's not a lot of people if uh, – you take Travis Kelsey. That's gonna let you get out one for one for uh, an AJ Brown, uh, Deshaun Watson, Anthony Richardson, Bijan Robinson type. Well, but 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 think about it even in a deeper sense, right? Now that could it's, happen. Yeah. That could happen in a year five league where someone's just loaded. Here, fine. Right. I gotta get Kelsey. I'll overpay. No one fresh out of a startup. Is saying right. I'm giving a I'm giving my second third. Th- those are going to be integral parts to their team that they're trying to build. They're not they're es- not putting those on the table for Kelsey, especially if they took them before Travis Kelsey. Like they had that option. Exactly. Went, exactly. Nah, I'm good. E- e- <laughs> and even then, like the third round is not coming on the table for Travis Kelsey. That's a part of what they want to go win with, right? That's what makes right. the Travis Kelsey conundrum out of a startup so difficult. Yeah, and that's a startup, whether it's a snake draft or an auction, right? Because you have the auction dollars. If somebody wasn't exactly. willing to pay that during the auction, why are they going to give something else that they paid more for? Like, they believed and, it in more. And so. I got news for you. Um, I don't know if you if you watched and saw how he started the first, whatever, 10 weeks last year. Like, uh, even if he's better, it ain't going to be by much. And people <laughs> didn't pay last year out the nose for it. Like, it, it it's not happening. It's he's too old. He's yeah. too old to have this. Here's, you know, three liquid first for Travis Kelsey. It ain't coming your way. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Uh, well, we just talked about basically we got through the first two rounds, strategy, some in-depth one. We're pushing up against an hour already. Uh, we will make this a multi-part show, right? Uh, there definitely a lot more stuff that I wanted to get into. Hopefully uh, next week, I got to reach out to him, but it is our 75th episode next week. I was going to say, we can, bring, we can is, bring in the, the GOAT for right. I want to um, hear this. A- additional startup uh, criticism or agreement in the first couple rounds and also get some of the GOAT feedback because every 25, man, we got to have Ray GQ on the 40 Chess yes. Dynasty Football Podcast, the man that made this whole thing possible. It is. We got to get them on. So, Adam, I think that's where we'll cut it off here. I think this was incredible. There, there's so much that goes into startup strategy, but hopefully, this will get people started. This will get them an, an idea and something to think about. And I can't, I can't stress. I know it's it's our website. It's our tool. Um, you know, Koopa has done an incredible job on it. But Warp has has changed the game ever since I heard Scott Connor. Uh, big shout out to him for kind of bringing it to the limelight. And then getting the wheels turning and we had some discussion and Cooper brought us this tool and we dove into it more. And now that it's out there, um, it has been an absolute game changer for me. And like I said, the biggest uh, criticism of it is is warp is not predictive. Um, to that, I, I say, yes, why warp can't tell me exactly who's going to be QB six next year and how many uh, warp points, right? Wins over replacement they're going to have versus somebody else. Uh, it can lead me into trends. And if I can stay within certain buckets and certain ranges, I think that's an incredible advantage that I'm going to have over my league mates. And this is something that I'm starting to use. And 
startups is the best time to use it because you can formulate your whole startup plan just from this and get yourself into the right buckets. So Warp has been incredible. SouthHarmonFF.com if you want to check it out. Uh, you can head over to our YouTube page, South Harmon Fantasy Football, as well. We did a two-hour live stream with Koopa, dove into the whole website, Warp. Shit, uh, we did that for two hours, and I learned things that I had and, no idea about. And also, for, for those of you that might hear that, and you're like, okay, I want to know more about it, but like two hours is an overwhelming amount of time. Koopa uh, went through, um, and time we have timestamps, all of it. So yes. if you're looking for... You know, you, you check out the demo. You have a specific, by the way, on the website, you can check out the demo. Um, just gives you one league to see how the tool works all the way to, you know, the graph, the warp table, the roster construction. If you're interested in more, um, you can, you know, try it out for a month. And if you get to that point and you're like, okay, I want to know about this specific thing. There's timestamps in that video, which will help lead you to the spot you're looking for. So you don't have to necessarily watch the whole two hour video. I will say if you can find the time, um, either fast forward it to like, you know, Scott, shout out to Scott Connor. Yeah. 1.5 is about the limit for me where I'm at past that. I, I start hearing, you know, the, uh, the mice voices. I just, I can't, it's too high, <laughs> but at 1.5, you can get through some of it faster. And I think it's all very valuable information on how you can effectively use the warp tool. If you're interested in it. Um, but yeah, ch check that out. I, I think it's going to be something that for me is not going to be like necessarily the most important thing that I do, but it's going to be a big, big process. And one of the focal points of blending into the process I already have, and I think it's only making uh, a lot of the things we think about in Dynasty more data-based and also sharper, right? It's just, it's, it's getting the edges cleaned up more and more because ultimately when you listen to the show, What's the whole point? You're trying to get better and better, even if it's by small margins, when you go in into the world and face the competition in your leagues. So Dynasty Degenerates, we appreciate you tapping in again for another episode. Um, you know, we we were off a week. That's not our typical thing, but we're back. We're back bigger than bigger and better than ever. We're giving you more and more. And next week, hopefully, we're looking at uh, bringing the GOAT back on which uh, always one of my favorite things to do is get is get Ray back on. But um, other than that, I hope this was a valuable thing for you. Check out Warp. Check out the tool. Try to figure out how you can utilize it in your startup draft strategy because I think right now is startup season. And just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. That's going to do it. We'll see you back here same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace.